Today's episode is all about virtual assistants. And to help me discuss this fascinating topic, I'm joined by Imogen Cook, the founder of the Freedom Geek Virtual Assistant Recruitment Services. Imogen went from working full-time in the financial industry to living a totally remote nomadic lifestyle helping other entrepreneurs to hire the right virtual assistants for their business. We cover everything from what a virtual assistant is to what they can do for you in your business, how to train them to do complex things like sales roles, and why there is an explosion of virtual assistants across the globe at the moment and what this means for you and your business. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Hi, Imogen. Thank you so much for coming along today and having a chat with me about all things uh, virtual assistants, I presume. It will be the topic of the day, um, being what you uh, do in your work. So just really to get kicked off, I thought it'd be interesting to hear how you went from your previous life, and you can start by telling us what that was, to how you do what you do now and what that is. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um so that is quite a big one, um, certainly for me. Um, previous life was corporate career financial services, which I was not loving, certainly wasn't living my passion in any way. Um, have been doing that for 13 years and was looking at different ways I could escape the rat race, as they say, quit the job, fire boss, all of those things. And um, I basically went quite reluctantly to a seminar in 2014. A friend asked me if I'd like to go and I said yes, because I had a rule that if I didn't have a good reason to say no to things, I couldn't say no. And not fancying it wasn't a good enough reason for me to say no. So I said yes. And I went along to this property investing seminar, like how to make money out of property. Uh, Weekends with her. Um, the reason I was reluctant is I thought it was probably a big scam. <laughs> Um, but then when we got in the room, I just found the information in that seminar incredible, inspirational, exciting. Um, I'd started a business in the past and not made money, not really succeeded with it, and had got a bit disillusioned that it's not possible to make money out of business. It's not possible to succeed and it's not possible to quit your job because you end up working all the time, not making any money. So I had this um, negative uh I suppose, limiting belief um, about that. And what happened was when I went to this investment seminar, they really presented property investing as a business. And I'd never really looked at it exactly from that angle before. Um, I did own property. I'd been a landlord since um, 2007, 2008. And so I'd had a lot of the stress of being a landlord and not many of the benefits because I didn't know how to do it as a professional property investor until... I attended that seminar and they started to open up that world to me. And then I got very, very excited off the back of that and um, didn't have capital to invest. So I also learned how to raise um, finance from angel investors, which was um, a whole journey in itself. Went through that cycle, raised finance from angel investors, um, bought a couple of properties, um, HMOs, as, as they call them, which is basically when you have a big, a big house and you rent it out by the room for profit. I know that you know that, but I don't know if all your audience knows that. And um, 
Yeah, at that point in time when I was going through that exercise, it was just very, very exhausting because, um, <laughs> because you know, I was still working full time in corporate, and it was like every spare minute of my morning, lunch break, evening, weekend was spending either viewing the properties, sorting something out um, for them, or organizing, planning, etc. And that became really, really exhausting. So what then happened is um, I started to think that I needed help, um, tried to work out what kind of help I needed, didn't have lots of spare money for it. Like, as I've mentioned, I, I raised all the money for my property investing. Um, and I heard about Filipino workers um, and was very curious about how that would all work. So I started researching them. And then what happened with that is I, I basically went and hired one and immediately made the biggest mistake that a lot of people make when they go and hire a, a virtual assistant, which was it was the wrong one. Um, and it caused quite a lot of stress. But what I did notice in that process was I got huge volumes of applicants from the Philippines, like hundreds and hundreds. So I was like, well, there's clearly a lot of people in the Philippines who would love to work for me, I think. Um, the problem is, is that I don't know how to recruit. So that's when I yeah. went into a huge brainstorming session and thought, right, how do I, um, how do I recruit a good, competent, smart, switched on person from the Philippines who I'd love working with? And with that trail of thought, I started looking at how investment banks recruit um, because I was in the financial services world and they tend to put candidates through these crazy gauntlets, gauntlets of screening and interviews and all these different things. And um, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recruit like an investment bank. So I created these filters and started asking the um, I relaunched my kind of advert saying that was looking for Filipinos. Um, more people came through, but this time I filtered them very, very carefully. Um, and through to the sort of the last few women generally standing, um, hired a brilliant VA and then two brilliant VAs. Um, and that really helped with the property business. It helped me manage and, and control it um, a lot more. But the other thing that happened was that people around me, other investors, as soon as I mentioned that I was working with Filipino VAs um, and I was doing it and I know you were doing it a long time before a lot of other people. So in 2015, um, you know, it was a different landscape in the property world in terms of um, no one was saying, where do you get your VA from? People were just starting vaguely to understand that you might use something called a VA and they might come from, from the Philippines and they might be cheaper. Um, so it's not like today where so many people are using VAs and they're like, where do you get yours? Where do you get yours? Where do you get yours? And it's become normal. Um, so when I first started doing it, people asked me a lot of questions when I was talking to people at networking meetings. They were like, how did you find these people? So I explained about the stress I'd had and the little investment banking recruitment you know, drive thing that I'd done and how it had brought good people. And they became absolutely fascinated and they just started asking more and more questions and it led to people saying to me, I want you to find me one, which was very weird for me because no one had ever asked me before to provide a service that I did not officially provide. I was like, that's not what I do. Um, but it kept happening and no one wanted to talk to me about anything else. They didn't even want to talk to me about raising money, which is a very hot topic in, in property and business. They just wanted to talk about Filipino virtual assistants. So I, I didn't promote. I did help people. It went really well. They told other people. They told other people. And the business, I mean, it was just a trickle at first, but it, it doubled and then it doubled again within a year. And then it doubled again. Um, and then I was like, there's something really 
in this, like it's transforming people's lives, like for myself, my customers, people in the Philippines as well. So um, that was part of a decision in 2018 to step out of the corporate world. Um, I was quite burnt out. I was fed up. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, the company I worked for had been bought out by another company and I wasn't really loving the new environment either. So um, I bought a ticket to Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I'd been running the prop- I've been, sorry, I've been running the Filipino virtual assistant business pretty much out of my bedroom, but partly because I had no time. If someone was like, can I come and meet you? I was like, I literally have no time. Unless you turn on, you know, on my doorstep, I can't do it. So I, I built the whole thing over the phone. Um, and I just realized, I was like, well, you can run it from anywhere now. And I decided it was time for a big change and took off to Cape Town, which was my first stop as a, as a nomad. I've been completely nomadic since then um, and carried on building the business. So that's the story, a little bit long-winded, but this business kind of took over my life almost by accident. And my customers came to me and continue to come to me. Um, the only promotions ha- has really been, um, well, I do have a social media VA um, dedicated to promoting us now I suppose but a lot of what we do is recording interviews of our customers for social proof and podcasts like this because I do love the conversation having that conversation with different people so that's probably the main things that we do um and it just keeps going and I think uh, th- this industry is going nowhere but bigger and bigger and bigger in this remote world remote working world that's accelerated now with the situation so Yes, that's that's how everything completely changed in my life for the last couple of years. Oh, cool. Fascinating. I know I've heard bits of that before, but I don't think I've ever heard it all. So, yeah, really interesting to hear. Um, a couple of things, just picking up on what you said there. So at the end, then, you were saying about the, the world of virtual assistants sort of on the up or keeping on growing. I, why do you think it is that? Why do you think there is this change? COVID aside, I know that sort of accelerated a bit. But what is it about virtual assistants? Or let's actually go back or wind it back. What is a virtual assistant to you? And then we'll go forward from there. Yeah, I think they're two amazing kind of big questions in there. Um, so I, I, I love this question, what is a virtual assistant? Um, I've had people call me before. I don't know if you've had this experience. People have called me and said, I need a virtual assistant. And then the second thing they've said, what do they do? And I'm like, it's so funny that you think you need something and you don't know what they do. <laughs> you like what it is. Um, because I think there is this view that virtual assistants can be administrators and data entry people. And so business owners are like, well, I need a little bit of that, but not that much. But for me, a virtual assistant is just a smart person. I always say it's just a smart person who works remotely. So I feel that when someone says to me, what can a virtual assistant do? I'm like, I'm hearing you ask me, what can a smart person do? That's like what you're asking me. So it's a weird question because number one, um, smart people can do almost anything. They just need training and experience, you know, really. Like you're a smart person, you run a business. So, you know, just look at your own aptitude. And, you know, there are people like you out there um, um, or complimentary to you, I should say. And so that is it for me. I mean, you know, don't limit what a virtual assistant can do. And then it opens up this world of different things and you have to figure out, um, how easy is it for a virtual assistant to, to do what you're doing today? And there's lots of different elements to that. And we both coach around this, but it's very much look at your day, break down your day and work out 
what you can hand off to a virtual assistant. But I think it's really important for people to understand that a virtual assistant is not just an administrator, it's just not a secretary, it's not just a secretary, it's, it's a person who works remotely and therefore potentially they could do anything. There are different, you know, there are different propositions. There's your virtual assistant from the Philippines who might come in as quite raw talent. That's what I provide. There are other people that are very, very specialist who could you know, provide a very good service in one area, like Facebook adverts or funnel building or something like that, which is a bit different. But um, I think that's that's part of it. And then this question of the world of virtual assistants, I mean, so let me just touch upon property investing. This is something that's that's exploding. I think the side hustle, <laughs> the side hustle of some sort is just exploding. Um, so more and more people are getting involved. So some people are investing in, in property. Some people are, are in you know, crypto and trading. Some people are in Amazon selling. Um, people have got all kinds of things. Lots of people selling virtual information. Lots of people becoming life coaches, either full-time or part-time on the side. It is the world we live in today. Like I, I see in various networking things that I'm in, people announcing their new business every five minutes. And some of those people really know what they're doing. And some haven't got a clue. <laughs> They're not going to make it. Um, but it's constantly exploding. And I think that's a different world. That wasn't, you know, the traditional view of, of work. If we look at our parents was probably one, two jobs for life. Like, you know, the, the, the rate that the world is changing. Whereas now people are really interested in the side hustle thing. Like I've heard people talking about oh, you know, I need a passive income. They don't really, and I, uh, people who don't really know how to do it, but they just kind of know about it conceptually and it's something that, that, that they might need to do at some point. So I think it's a very um, big growth area. And then you have, of course, the YouTube, the, the TikTok influencers, those people, people are very interested in doing that, but they don't really understand the monetization side of it, but the interest is there. So there's so much around in the world of the side hustle like everyone wants to build something for themselves and I think that's just becoming more and more and more common a lot of people are coaching it um like I say we've probably seen in the property industry I've definitely seen now that there's just more and more and more property investors entering the market at the amateur end because they're being taught how to do it by huge property investing education companies that are growing and growing and growing um, and we've both seen that in the UK and it's kind of going on worldwide for sure. And, and just to, just on that note, I don't think it's just property. I think it's side yeah. hustle things a really good way to describe it, whether it's Amazon reselling or um, some form of coaching, like you said, or the side hustle thing is a massive thing at the moment, I think in so many different industries. So why, what is it about this, this world of virtual assistants then? If you know what one is, is, is a virtual assistant someone in the Philippines? Is it someone in India? What, what defines a virtual assistant rather than an assistant then? Yeah, it's purely the remote working element, really, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, of course, I, I specialize in the Philippines, but absolutely it could be India, Eastern Europe. People ask me about South Africa. I, I've never tried sourcing virtual assistants from South Africa, so I can't really comment on that. It could be locally in the UK, the USA. Um, you know, locally, they might be a bit more experienced in certain ways. They might be sort of a bit more... Um, used to being a, a freelancer a bit or a bit more used to being a contractor like their view might be right you know it's very much a temporary arrangement or project-based arrangement and expensive expensive you know in the uk vas are probably somewhere between 25 and 40 quid an hour and some businesses can't afford that so for them <laughs> a virtual assistant locally is just not viable whereas someone from the philippines at more like three or four pounds an hour 
very, very viable. Um, and that is, you know, a virtual assistant is just a remote worker. So regardless of region, even speciality, you know, there's there's a lot. It's a huge, huge term encompassing a lot of different things, ad hoc, small things, project based, long term relationships where you work together, different regions, all types of things. So it's no wonder that people are a bit confused about virtual assistant when they hear that term. They're like, I don't really know exactly what you mean. Um, and, you know, my view of a virtual assistant, because I'm so used to you know, who I work with might differ from someone else. I've definitely had some of these conversations and, and clubhouse kind of discussions come up. We had one the other day and they were talking about pay rates. And I, I immediately said, you, you are definitely not working with the Philippines. I'm like, which region are you working with? And they were like, oh, Eastern Europe. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I, I cannot comment on that region because I've never done it. But what I can say is this, that, and the other. So there's huge differentiators there. Um, and, but the side hustle thing is, is, is enormous um, in itself because the more people that start a side hustle of any description, the more support they need because everybody's busy. If you're doing that outside your job, um, you know, these influencers on online on TikTok, uh, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok and YouTube, they may need um, editing support and posting promotional support and responding to comments support. Like those things are really, really time consuming. Um, property is very, property investing is very time consuming, obviously, for deal find for the operations once you've got deals up and running. Um, Amazon selling is quite systemized, but some of it is time consuming as well because you need to constantly be doing product listing, customer services, et cetera, et cetera. So any side hustle you start, um, or, or certainly I'd say 90% of them, unless you luckily find something extremely systemized, but most of them are going to take quite a lot of manpower. And if you don't want to get exhausted, if that's on top of your regular job and your regular life, you need the support. And that's one of the reasons why the virtual assistant industry is exploding. Um, combine that with everyone starting to work online and question the traditional um the traditional kind of framework of turning up in the office, which you know that's but that's been put um well arguably it's dead now so many people have successfully worked online for a long time you know because of covid so now people are starting to understand um there's no reason not to work remotely yeah. you know it depends on the business and of course some people are really looking forward to going back to the office but that ju just means that virtual assistants again are growing more than other because some businesses i know some of businesses um became more efficient during covid they just got rid of all their inefficiencies it just became a natural um side effect of it so people are a bit more open to that um and yeah it, it's all just part of this movement that's all going in the same direction i mean the fact that i've never really had to market for customers which i'm really grateful for um and i think people get confused when they ask me how how do you do lead gen same i'm like thing, yeah. yeah i say i i actually don't and they're yeah. like what do you mean you can't possibly run a business without lead gen and i'm like well you can if people come to you because they want what you're you know what's they they want your services they can so um yeah i just don't see it going anywhere but exploding i mean and people will you know there's, there's the other part of this which is arguably people might swap out local staff for overseas staff which is a bit more controversial but you know if it's literally going to be 10 times cheaper and of the same quality then for a business it can be a very straightforward decision to do that so yeah i think just to come in on that i think it's a really interesting point so one of the arguments i sort of have had with many people about or discussions i've had is about this and 
home, like should you not be hiring from home to protect jobs and things? And the re reality is that 90% of businesses fail uh, because yes. they run out of cash. And yeah. so if you get your business to a point where it's profitable and then you're looking to grow and, and scale and bring in top talent into, to, to take your business to the next level, then brilliant. Hire it from home where it's got where the education and the language and the culture and everything's there. But in those first few months and years, like hiring someone for, like you said, three, four pounds an hour can be the difference between making it or breaking. I know my business would not be in existence today had I not found the world of a virtual assistant, affordable virtual assistant. So um, I know many of my clients would be in the same boat, especially with COVID. It, sa it saved so many of my clients the fact that they had already opened the uh, door to, to that world. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and there's a value proposition as well. I mean, you know, this is a basic, another basic business thing. I completely agree with you, but you have to be valuable. What, what do I mean by that? Well, if you're a UK VA charging £20 an hour for data entry and someone in the Philippines can do the same for, you know, about 10 times cheaper, arguably, that's not valuable. You need to upskill. You need to come in and say, I can do this for you, this for you and this for you. Don't be too easy to replace. And if you're not offering that, then you're not a valuable proposition. I'm sorry, but, but business is completely ruthless world. So be valuable or, or get out because people won't continue to work with you if you're not valuable. And whether that's money, skills, you've got to bring more to the table. And I, I say that when challenged. I'm like, I'm not just going to have something more expensive in the local market. I'm like, if you're extraordinary and you can bring me something extraordinary that's really hard to find, that's valuable. And, you know, I may need to pay for that. Um, but I'm not going to pay you the same, like for the same role 10 times more just to keep a local. I mean, money flashes across the world in seconds. You know, I don't know about this protect the local economy thing. Like if you're, <laughs> you know, if you buy anything or go anywhere, your money is probably passed across the border at some point very, very quickly. So the yeah. realities of the modern world. Starbucks, for example. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You there better you stop go. doing yeah, all yeah. of those things. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that you touched on actually, actually before I move on, I just want to comment on one thing that, and that is um, you talk about the different roles you hire. And I think in, in your conversation, you mentioned about the UK possibly having sort of different, um, maybe higher caliber or, or, or um, more used to freelancing. And I think that, and I'm sure you'll agree with me that that actually is changing in the Philippines as well. Like we've had some serious hardcore uh, talent from the Philippines specifically yeah. for role-based work. So project-based work as well. And I think that's something that he's changing now. There's the education. People understand the value now of getting themselves educated to a level where they've become highly desirable for the UK and the USA market. And that is yeah. now there's a whole industry that, you know, as we see it from our side, that it's exploding. People want virtual assistants. Obviously that means the competition's going up. And therefore, the talent out there is going to get better to stay competitive. So, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And they learn so fast. They're complete sponges. So if you are willing to invest some time in that, I think more with the UK, it's things like specialism. Like if you're going to work with an accountant, a tax accountant, yeah. then, yeah. you know, be careful. You don't go to don't go don't go to a Filipino accountant asking to do your UK tax because a lot could go wrong. That's more the thing I would watch out for. Totally. Apart from things like that. I mean, I am completely open to the Philippines. For okay, so this everything. is actually one of my other questions. So what jobs, roles, tasks would you not take overseas from your experience? Or is there, is there anything except for, and I agree with you totally, accounting? 
I think um, even the accounting can be supported from the from the Philippines. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think. My sales is coming out of the Philippines, the, yeah. the customer support. I'm a little bit, okay, there is one thing that I'm interested in, or there are a couple of things. If I really wanted to get into a very specialist thing, um, funnel building, for instance, online funnel building, I'm interested in that and we're going to start doing it. Um, I'm taking the training from some of the very well-known ex experts in the U.S., and I'm I'm training up the Filipinos with that training, so I, I'm still really using Filipinos, but I'm using yep. the top leaders in the industry. Um, you know, I'm not just I, I won't go looking for a Filipino who says they know how to build funnels unless I was intending to retrain them because I wouldn't completely trust that. Um, I think the other thing that I'm a little bit careful about um, is 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 possibly the time zones. So we are um, experimenting with hiring VAs in Latin America. Um, we've got a few coming through from Costa Rica. We have placed a couple of them. Um, I'm going to expand that. And one of the reasons I'm interested in, well, one of the biggest challenges is going to be the English. Their English is not fantastic, although Costa Rica is actually a very highly educated um, country. Um, but the reason that I'm interested in that is because of the time zone, because they're literally operating about a 12 hour depending where you are, time zone difference to the Philippines. So for me, I would love to have perhaps one person on my team and they would need to go through all the same filters as the, as the Filipinos. They need to have excellent English, et cetera, et cetera, who could cover the night shift. Cause I'm, I, I don't really like the idea of keeping Filipino up all night. Now I know there are people who will work the night shift who may even want to do it. I just have a slight preference for having people on hours that don't, mess up their internal clocks completely. So if I can find some people who are really good from the Latin American region, um, still in a very early experimental stage with this, I'll start bringing, in, bringing them in to go kind of, you know, 24, 24, five without pushing people onto the night shift. Yeah, That's mm -hmm. one thing I would like to do. And that's yeah. just pure yeah. being careful about things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I, would, I used to work in A&E and do, doing night shifts all the time. And um, at four o'clock in the morning, your brain does not work the same as no. it, uh, it does at six o'clock in the evening. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with working late. So 12 o'clock, whatever, that's fine. But there's those wee hours from four till seven, yeah. something changes in the brain. And uh, you just see people, people walking around like zombies. So I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, one thing you've talked about mentioned, and this is, I think, one of the big barriers that people have, or one of the things that pe other people may think you can't outsource to somewhere that doesn't have English as a first language. Actually, even culturally, the UK, or if you're based in the UK or the US, if you're in the US, is the sales calls, is the customer service calls. And I've dealt, I've done it with customer service and I've been successful. I've never actually done the sales, but I know you have because I actually, before, we, before doing this podcast only a couple of weeks ago, you are kind enough to uh, lend me your services, so to speak, to actually hire a virtual assistant. Now, I've never used a recruitment agency before because I've always done all my own hiring and and systemized the whole thing ourselves. So it was really interesting to have that experience, and it was a remarkable experience. So thank you very much. And one of the things that really came over, and I think 
not only was it just great to, to see that you trained somebody else to take over your role, which is the, the key sort of sales role, but the fact is that because it was a, someone from the Philippines, it's that instant credibility, 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 sorry, of the service that you're providing. It's like, well, if, um, if imaging can find this person in this really like difficult role who absolutely nailed it, then of course you can find me an admin VA. So how do you go about that? How did you go about finding that person or those people and training them up? Because that's something that really scares a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it's that's it, what you're talking about was probably one of the biggest transformations in my business, actually. So I held on to sales for a really long time. I told myself no one else can sell like me. It's my story. I talk the way I do. You know, no one else can do it. And then it occurred to me that um, what I was doing was quite hypocritical because I kept telling people all the time not to have a big ego about replacing themselves. Like there are other people out there who are very smart and they're not the smartest person in the world and you need to get over yourself. And I thought, right, there's a problem here. Um, and that those sales calls were exhausting me because um, because I've been living out in Mexico um, most of the time for the last couple of years. And um sales calls to europe i would be doing them 5 a.m 6 a.m 7 a.m in the morning and you know i'd be like oh it's nice to get the sales calls out out the way at the beginning of the day but the truth is if you start the day and you've been on the phone for four or five hours you're kind of shattered already like it, it, you know those calls are very high energy for me as well so um so i thought you know you need to at least look for somebody so we ran adverts and we ran adverts for a couple of months. And part of me thought, I'm not even sure if this is possible, what I'm, what I'm going to attempt to do, but we'll keep looking. Um, and, you know, the filters were a little bit different. So one of the filters that I put in place for that was for the person to submit a video of them talking about the Freedom Geek, because it would show their energy, their English, passion for the brands, you know, natural aptitude for that to an extent. So Yasmin, who is the person who, who, who came through and who you spoke to, she sent in her video. Um, she was interesting, great energy. She had a sales background. She had an acting background. So um, she's very used to being on camera. Um, if you were into the wealth dynamic stuff, the entrepreneur profiling, um, she's a star personality and I'm a creative. We sit side by side, but she's, if anything, better at talking to people in certain ways. So the style in which I sell to people, she would very quickly be able to pick that up. I actually thought we would be looking for a different profile. But when she came along, I was like, no, this makes sense. If she's going to take over from me in my style, this actually makes a lot of sense. So um I liked her. I started working with her. What I saw immediately at the beginning is she really didn't know that much. She thought she did, but she didn't. <laughs> so I was like, we'll have to work with that. Um, and, you know, I spoke to her about a few things. Her interview was excellent. I asked her about rejection because that's a huge thing in sales. And I'll never forget what she said to me with that. She was brilliant. She, she said, um, she basically said, Imogen, I'm a professional actress. She's like, do you, do you have any idea how many times I've been rejected in my life? She's like, I go after rejection because it's the only way you can survive in this industry. And I was like, I think that's probably the most amazing thing you could have said in answer to that question. So I was like, yeah, fine. 
Um, and then, you know, she had the personality, she had the skill set, and then came the training. And probably for about three months, I worked with her every single day. She listened to all my sales calls. She was always in the background listening. Then I got her to take over just small pieces of them, just starting with introducing herself. Because we, we were working off a script, but it was a very fluid, adaptable script. You still have to ad adapt to the person calling because we get a variety of customers, actually, that will call us with slightly different needs. Um, so she needed to learn to adapt it. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest challenges for her because I think she thought, right, I've got the script nailed, but she didn't realize the other side was actually a very fluid side. So it wasn't that simple. She had it nailed, but she needed to use this bit here and move this around, move this forward, not even speak about that because they weren't interested, speak about this other thing that never gets spoken about because all of a sudden someone is interested in it, et cetera. So I got her to gradually take over more and more of the cause as soon as she... Um, got flustered I'd jump in I could sense like we're losing the flow and I would jump in and take back over again until I got to the point where I just sat there didn't need to speak and that took about three months of working with her daily so yeah it was it was a lot a lot however Yasmin now does you know easily 10 hours of calls a week plus calls everybody back and I was so busy and exhausted I never called anyone back so that's you know not not great for business um she's purely focused around that um will be leveraged she interviews my customers as well because she loves being on camera she is that profile and um yeah we'll just continue to, to use she could do business talks with me she could she could lead um forums for filipinos on behalf of this freedom geek she's quite an incredible person really so she's hard to replace um so i do try and keep her happy she works off commission it's all good um and yeah she's excellent as you would have seen i think the only difference now between me and yasmin really um when it comes to people wanting to discuss things is that she doesn't have the entrepreneurial experience that I have. She has a lot of the knowledge, she probably has 90% of the knowledge that people need in that moment. But if people really wanted to get into a heavy business discussion, which wouldn't happen very often, but a small proportion of, of particular entrepreneurial customers wanted would want to know more about me and would sort of ask me further questions to, to, to suss me out, I suppose. And she's not that person. She's just going to explain everything to do with virtual assistants in that moment. But I can certainly live with that. I don't think it's a big deal. And I think, honestly, she does a better job than me, which is the whole point of outsourcing. She's more focused. She doesn't have everything else going on. And, and she just has a lot of energy where she loves talking to people. So, yeah. Yeah, no, brilliant. And that, that came through really well when we dealt with her. So I can vouch for her, the the um, her abilities, but also your uh, your success in training her up. And I think one, one of the things, just to pick up on what you just said then, was about... Um, when you outsource something, when you get an employee, virtual assistant, whatever you want to call um, somebody you're giving the work to, when you get them to do the work, then they can focus all their time on it. It's their yeah. job to make that that task a success. Whereas you you and I both know, and uh, any business owners listening to this, that actually it's never there is no one task in in a business owner's life or or job or day. You're always spinning plates. You're always got to prioritize and 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 limit the time you spend on things and that's not the case when you hire somebody else and and the, and because if you hire some from somewhere like the philippines the cost is so low that actually you can just say to somebody just take your time with it just you know just make sure it's done right and that's mm. more important i think most of the time than skin stuff done speedy depends what it is i guess but um for me that's been an absolute game changer 
for me, the mindset shift of realizing that somebody can do something far better than I can, even if they've not got years of experience doing it, simply because that's all they're thinking about. So, yeah, and then and then you move forward right into the world of strategy, creating new creating new products and services and improvements throughout the business and these things, which, I mean, I love doing that stuff. That's, that's what I want to do all day. Yeah. I don't want to do repeat tasks. So it's like magic. And a lot of business owners, I think, feel that way. Um, so it is like magic when you realize that repetitive tasks are being stripped off you. And they're not always mundane. Those sales calls were not mundane. I yeah. love the sales calls. They were just eating me alive. So, you know, putting them aside and having Yasmin take over was brilliant. And again, she's got a part-time flexible job where um, she's really happy. She's also studying business on the side and, and things are working um, really well. And thankfully, she said she learns a lot more for us from us than our, her business degree. I would be very upset if she said anything else. But, uh. Good, good. There's one question that I want to, just before we wrap things up, I wanted to um, ask you, and that is something that I often get asked, and you must also have the same experience, which is the data protection, security, risk, oh, I'm worried about offloading my work. Are they not going to run off with all my data or rob me? You know, all those sorts of questions that come up. And they're all they're all around trust and about actually believing yeah. that that it's okay to let somebody else. And part of it is about the sort of the real life security and someone robbing you. And part of it, I think, is just about the letting go. So how do you deal with those sorts of questions? What do you how do you explain that? Because I know you've overcome them because you do it all the time in the same yeah. way that I have. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right that it, trust and fear is coming up. Trust and fear is is such a big thing for people. Um, a lot of the trust and fear um, objective is handled by the way we describe. Um, our recruitment funnel because we really talk about it in quite a lot of de detail like all the different filters we do and we take a local security check from the police and these other things we have got a third party you can go out and and do further background checks on them locally in the philippines as well but but the fact is i mean if you look at any va um company i've seen some of the big guys talk about this from the states vas who scam people malicious vas are actually quite rare um, that's quite a rare thing. Um, there, there are far more common problems, like a VA is lazy or, a, you know, a VA disappears. VAs from the Philippines are, are well known for disappearing. We don't have that problem too much because we have a lot of filters in. So our VAs are much less likely to just disappear with no explanation because they've worked very hard to come through our systems. So um, I think people are... Um, afraid of things that aren't true which is very often true in life when you start working together you realize you know that that's actually I was very afraid of this thing and I didn't need to be afraid of it it's like me letting go of sales even I was scared to let go of sales because I thought it had to be me because anyone else wouldn't be as good um and I think yeah so that that trust it's really important to just sort of establish that and it's not just virtual assistants in the Philippines or virtual assistants it's working with anybody anywhere like if that person's never let go of any control to anyone then it's not surprising they're scared that could be a local problem just as much as a filipino problem um so there's that objection of just understanding that um it, it could go wrong 
it could go wrong. It's probably not going to go wrong in the way they're describing, that they're going to sort of become some huge data thief. Um, if you filter and do a lot of due diligence, like a lot of situations, it's much less likely that you can have any problems. Um, and then after that, the communication of just being very, very close to the VAs and talking to them every day, because when when something does go wrong, you can feel it. You must have had this experience as a member of your team. And you're like, I think this person's going to leave soon or they're losing interest or something is up with them. I've had it anyway. I can feel it coming. And no, I'm like, yeah. OK. And then it's played out. But because I speak to them so often, I kind of know. Um, most of my team has stayed with me for a long time, which is great. And a couple of people I've fired because they weren't the right, well, quite a few people I've fired because they've not been the right fit. Um, not many have left me. And the ones that have, um, well, <laughs> day day one, there was an early one who was brilliant, who left me because my communication at that period of time was terrible. And I don't blame her. I really messed that up. I, I learned and got good through messing up day one. And then um, there were a couple other VAs I hired who were basically entrepreneurs in themselves. And that was another lesson. They came in, they soaked up all the knowledge and they moved on. And I was like, I need to be a bit careful about these people, actually. Yeah. We need to like make sure we know what we're doing with them. Um, and then GDPR, and it, it, GDPR is not that difficult. So we've got a partner that we're working with. Um, she can give a lot because I'm not a legal expert. So I'm not going to get up and say I'm going to talk about the legal specifics about GDPR. But I can refer you to, you know, this lady, she works with a lot of small businesses and she'll give you GDPR online training, ongoing support. She'll do audits for you and she'll help you with the Filipino cross-border agreements. And uh, what we have done internally, actually, we've created a document um, that's pretty much ready for release. That's called 100 Tips on Security. Uh, GDPR, due diligence, et cetera. So that's designed in the same way that we designed a document that was called 100 tips you can outsource to a virtual assistant. We're now upgrading that to 500 tips you can outsource to a virtual assistant because people are really coming up with ridiculous, like I, I can't think of anything to give them. And I'm like, well, you need to, you know, you're running an entire business with all the different elements of a business. So, you know, you're kidding yourself. I did 100 and now I'm doing 500 just to show people that's 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 nonsense. Um, and then the security tips, we've put little cartoons in it. We've made it really friendly, really lively. And the idea is for people to go through step by step in bite sized chunks and just review everything and think, have I got this nailed? So, you know, I've never really seen anyone do a security document that is straightforward, quite fun and really broken down into practical steps to help people. So we, we internally are doing that as well um, and then offering the legal advice. So there are always these solutions. Um, but I think you and I would both say day one, don't get don't get too overwhelmed. Start simple. Um, don't give them, you know, the self-destruction button to your business empire. But, you know, just give them something easy and simple that's that's not got sensitive data implications and just take it from there. Yeah, no, good advice. And I tell people that pretty much the same thing. So, yeah, good to hear on the same page. Um, all right, so just to wrap up, we've got a few questions that I'd like to ask everybody. So first of all, who do you think would be a great next guest on this podcast? Oh. Do you have a, a vision for your podcast? I do. My podcast. Share it. So this is the Systemize Your Success podcast. So it's for yeah. entrepreneurs who want to use apps, virtual assistants, technology and systems to grow their businesses without becoming overwhelmed and without needing to give away equity or take on debt. 
So it's about systemizing your success through the, through working smart. Well, you've got uh, Mr. Daniel Priestley, who's very well known in this space. He would be a good guest for you. Yeah. And then I think anyone who's got a really incredibly systemized business where they spend virtually no time on it, um, that kind of golden goose thing. Um, I'd be curious if there are any kind of funnel builders around that. Um, I don't know anyone apart from people who are probably a bit inaccessible because they're you know, multi-millionaires <laughs> yeah exactly um although people that are around him might be a bit easier to get hold of um yeah. i don't know steve larson's and um some of the other people around him could be quite interesting anyone who's ever built any of those those very successful funnels and there's a whole list of those guys yeah um, I, know, I know a few of them so that's a really good idea i'll get get on to those guys yeah yeah i think those people um some of the Amazon sellers are, I'm not too keen on the physical product world for myself. I love my, I love the information product world. That's where I'd love to go a bit more, but some of those guys have systemized their business. Yeah. It's annoying. Uh, I, I, there's, 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 uh, yeah, there's a guy in it. I mean, he just, he just doesn't work that much on it. And I, you know, he took a VA and he was like, well, there's just not that much for her to do, but he is very successful. It's not, it's not a lack of imagination. I think some of those guys have got their businesses very, very systemized as well. Um, yeah. I used to have a, one of my old businesses with it was a Amazon partner with an Amazon reselling company doing the systemization VA side of it. So I have good contacts with that. That's a brilliant idea. Good idea. Good. Okay. Yeah. And then anyone who's got a very systemized MLM business, that controversial MLM? world. Yeah, the, you know, network marketing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think, um, those, if they're successful and they're systemized, um, I'd be curious about people like that. Yeah, yeah, no, good idea. That's a good angle. So people that have, rather than the providers of services, it's actually the people that have nailed it, in effect. So, yeah, I like that. Good, okay. Thank you very much, Imogen. So, um as you may or may not know, the title of this podcast is Systemize Your Success. So what does success mean to you? I, I think there's a quote on this. I think it was Tony, Tony Robbins. Who, who, I don't know if he was talking about success or if he was talking about freedom, that thing about being able to do what you want, when you want, with whoever you want for as long as you want. I, I love that. There's, there's a quote around that. It's just basically complete time freedom that you can get up in the morning and just decide what to do with your day. Um, and one of the implications of that is that money is not a problem. The money is there. It's just your decision if you want to make more with sort of doing some more business stuff or if you want to, you know, focus on your health or fitness or other things, I think, or the balance, you know, relationships. I think for me, it's 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 freedom and balance, freedom and balance, which is um, what success means. And it's what money means for me. I'm not very money motivated in that way, but I'm very motivated towards time, freedom and, and balance in my life. For sure. Cool. OK. And the last question is, do you believe you can systemize your success and why? Yes, 100 percent. I, I would I would struggle to believe that a successful person would disagree unless their definition of success was all about having loads of money and no time. But I think anyone who believes in that balance of like money and time and different things in your life 
they surely must believe that. <laughs> You've got to follow systems to get there. You'll never get there without following some kind of success formula that you've learned or observed from someone else. Cool. Thank you very much. So finally, where can people find you if they want to engage with you and learn more about what you do? Yes. So um, we are the Freedom Geek Rebellion on Instagram. We're the Freedom Geek on Facebook. Um, We're on Clubhouse as well. Can't remember my Clubhouse handle, Imo Freedom Geek or something. We'll put it in the Um, We're also on YouTube, LinkedIn. (laughs) Daniela from my team is opening it all up. So we're all over the place. Um, We are the freedomgeek.com as well for the website. So that's pretty straightforward and easy to find. And yeah. Is that where someone would go if they wanted to? use your services would it be the, the website would they go to yes they, if they go to the website they'll immediately see a big jumping colorful button saying just, just give, call. Me that, give me that once again what what was the website thefreedomgeek.com cool and we'll put it in the show notes as well so people can click through yeah. brilliant imogen thank you so much for your time this is as i imagined it would gone on longer than our scheduled <laughs> half an hour because i knew we'd get talking and obviously this this is something that we're both very passionate about so i appreciate your time today massively and Look forward to uh, seeing you again in the near future. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you very much, Steve. I'm loving this. I'll be curious to see who you have coming up as as the systems experts. And uh, yeah, it's great. It'll be really good to see some uh, some of these people, especially the ones I mentioned. If you can get them on, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to watch and, and listen to them speaking. Definitely. Cool. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Speak cool, to Imogen. You. Now we're off. I just say thank you very much indeed. Anyway, and um, yeah. <laughs> So it's like, when's it actually finishing? Is it now? Are we off air now? Yeah. I need to check out of this place in 26 minutes. So. I love you. All right. Good. Imogen, <laughs> pleasure as always. Take care. All right. Take yeah, care. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.